I'm Melissa Currens. And I'm Amy Yersted. And we welcome you to the 11th episode of the What Would Alice Paul Do podcast. This podcast is about demystifying what it means to be a volunteer with the League of Women Voters today. In this episode, we'll talk about the tools that will help you tell your league story and communicate it to the world. Amy, are you getting ready for the holidays? I am. I um, I'm I am really excited actually. I I don't know why I'm so excited. I don't like buying a bunch of crap, but I did make <laughs> I made two advent calendars, like embroidered them, uh, which wow. makes me remind. It reminds me of this library book that's um pretty off the hook, where it's it's about crafting and being a feminist, and so it's <laughs> it's um. Like you get to do cross-stitch vaginas or something like that and uteruses. <laughs> it's pretty crazy. I'm not doing that. I did an advent calendar, but when I'm doing it, it reminds me of like people are actually doing, doing those. <laughs> I want a, like a crocheted vagina. That's or a uterus pillow. I think I've seen yeah. those before. <laughs> oh, man. I don't think so. I don't want that. <laughs> right. But it's cool. People can do that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, I can't. I can't do any of that. I'm not very crafty. I I'm not. I just um. I don't know. I just really struggle through it and drink a lot of wine in the me- meantime. <laughs> so it's like a good expression, and they're good for gifts, like when you make homemade gifts. I don't know. I think I look back five years later when I'm at someone's house and they have something I maybe made, like my dad or something, and I look. I'm like, what the hell? I can't believe you still have that. <laughs> Like, you see how shoddy that work is? If I was in a sweatshop, they probably would have stuck me in the porta potty all day. Oh well, they it just uh, it's a testament to their love for you. Uh, to I really it. think they're probably just too lazy to throw it away, but that's okay. <laughs> um, so, but for the holidays, one of the things I do love to give out are books. They are a pain in the butt mm. to mail to my family who are all over the country because they're so heavy and it costs a lot. But... Um, I love the, I love reading and I think other people should read. So I did want to share some of the titles that I have, uh, purchased that I'm, I'm personally reading and that I'll probably be sharing forward. Uh, one of them is, is everybody knows this guy, Thomas Friedman. Uh, he, what did he write? He wrote like the, the world is flat. The world is flat. Yep, he wrote that one, but he also has this one that I think came out last year. It's called, thank you for being late. An Optimist Guide to Thriving in the Age of Accelerations. This is actually really good, uh, especially if you just skipped over some of the first chapters, um, because it kind of it makes you understand like why our country is in such like crazy land right now, and people aren't talking, and they're kind of freaked out. And when you think about it, the acceleration of technology, of globalization, and climate change, and you put those three together, uh, and an education system that oftentimes doesn't hasn't caught up with pace you can understand why people are kind of freaked out and scared um and so uh, i i actually am really appreciating this book um so that i have a better understanding of of you know what we're all dealing with right so Mm -hmm. um and it actually kind of goes in really well with today's podcast which is all about technology (laughs) yeah yeah if thomas Friedman doesn't scare the hell out of you already we probably will after we talk about all the social media right Uh, and I had a book um, that's a little more fun, 
but um, it was a good read. I'm probably going to give it to um, some folks. It's um, it's by Elisa Alyssa Mastromonico, and she wrote the book, um, Who Thought This Was a Good Idea? And Other Questions You Should Have Answers To When You Work at the White House. Uh-huh. And she, she worked for President Obama, and she worked on the advancement team or advance team where they, um, they, they get the, like, events ready for, like, speeches. And it was really fascinating. She was one of the youngest um, – uh, senior people to work in the White House ever. Wow, that sounds like a really yeah. good book. You can send that my way. <laughs> and, yeah, and the cover of it is hilarious. Oh wow! If you haven't seen the cover of it, it's got President Obama and her. Um, you just got to see it. I'll, I'll put a um, a picture of it on in our show notes on our website. Awesome. Well, and then um, well, and just really quickly, if you're looking for good holiday gifts for someone who's not yet a league member, um, league memberships are a great gift. So consider that for a stocking stuffer. Yeah, and you can go to the new league website for that. So lwv.org. You can find your state and the local league. And um, give, give, give. For our Deeds Not Words segment, it's about communicating your work and needs to your external audience. In the early 1900s, Alice Paul used the tools that she had that were available at the time. And so her main tactics, of course, were press releases and letter writing, picketing that we know so well from the pictures, the hunger strikes, so she was in jail, and grassroots organizing. The strategy to win suffrage was to get public support, and that was to ensure legislative wins. Alice Paul and Lucy Burns made sure that they were covered in newspapers and photographs across the country. Letters were written and meetings conducted to develop relationships and gain support. But unlike Paul, we have a lot more tools at our disposal and news moves at the speed of light. Sometimes it can be a little intimidating as well as overwhelming. Today, we'll cover a lot in a short amount of time. We'll leave a few out, but as long as you know there are many tools on the web to help you reach your goals, we're confident you'll find the applications you need to be as fierce as Alice Paul was. And we don't think you'll need to go on any hunger strikes to get your story told. Though, these are strange times, so I wouldn't rule anything out. Good. That's a good uh, <laughs> uh, reminder for us, Annie. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> But, um, but as Amy said, you know, there's so many tools now, especially with social media. So we wanted um, to kind of go over some of these tools that you can use. And, you know, social media is all about stories. And if you can tell your story on these platforms, it's going to um, do a lot for your league and your cause. You know, pick one or two to start. Don't get overwhelmed. We're going to talk a lot about a lot of sites, but, you know, do what works best for you. Don't worry about getting on all these sites. Yeah. yeah. If you get on all these sites, you should have lots of paid staff working for you and with you. <laughs> right. Exactly. Yeah. And the, the thing about the social media, too, that I think it's really important to remember is that this is where people, especially activists, are hanging out. Um, I don't remember what the last word, last number was, but I mean, we're talking over a billion people are on Facebook alone. And so that's in, I'm no, I noticed it in Virginia. I noticed it when I was in Michigan that a lot of the activists hang out in Facebook groups. Sometimes these are closed, sometimes they're private, and sometimes they're public. And this is where they strategize, this is where they network, and then they show up later at an actual you know, place, a brick-and-mortar coffee shop or something, to, to really make it happen. But um, it's important to be part of the conversation that's happening, and, and oftentimes that's in social media. Right. 
And um, Amy, you've been a part of a lot of like um, events that you found out through Facebook, right? Like trainings and events you've attended because you found out about them on Facebook. Yeah, there's no way I probably would have found out about three quarters of the stuff that I go to. It's all through Facebook events and it's all these different organizations. I'm not even part of the organizations, but because Facebook has that event section, I I just go through and kind of go shopping and then write down things that's in my calendar. And uh, yeah, it's fantastic. It's it's um, it's so good. It's a way to get like new people to come to your to what you're doing for your yeah, league. And it's a good way for you to go and network with other organizations and, and learn to see what they have so that you can, you know, incorporate that into your own league work. Mm-hmm. Right. So there's also um, you probably heard like LinkedIn and Instagram and Twitter um, so those are still really great platforms. I would say Instagram is really good. Um, if you're, I know a lot of leagues, um, a, some leagues are really using Instagram well because, you know, it's so visual, like pictures. If you have someone who's really interested in taking pictures, having them plug into the, the league's Instagram account would really be a great volunteer opportunity yep. for them. Yeah, and, and the nice thing about Instagram is that's going to be a younger generation. And um, what's really cool about Instagram is that, you know, it has um, hashtags like like you have on Twitter. But if you have like young activists in your group, ask them what like hashtags they're following on Instagram, because that's another way that people are organizing themselves. Mm-hmm. And so like there might be a local hashtag that um, activists in your community are using and see if you can find what that is. And then you can start using it and you can follow it and you can learn about ways that they're using social media to organize themselves yep. and similarly with twitter is, is you can use the hashtag and uh like we we oftentimes for redistricting reform we'll use and gerrymandering so it's hashtag and gerrymandering and so that you'll once you start using that you'll start joining a whole conversation that's going on around the country uh i also mm-hmm. learned on twitter this was just new and my my friend told me that if you put a period next to the at sign, it means it goes public. So if you wanted to, yep. mm-hmm. um, so for instance, my if I wanted to talk with my state delegate publicly, I would go period, the at sign, and then his Twitter handle. And that means everybody's going to see this comment that I'm making to him. And sometimes that is really, really great because I might, maybe I'm pressuring him about money and politics and campaign finance reform. And I want everyone to see that I'm, you know, I'm holding him accountable. On the other hand, it could be something else, you know, entirely different. And I, you know, maybe I had a question about a certain bill and I know that other people would have the same question. And my, my particular delegate, I know that he would answer back. And so it's, it's, you know, it's a great way to exchange information. It's a great way to put pressure on politicians when, when the time comes needed. And so, uh, yeah, period in front of the at sign had no idea. Right. Because otherwise, um, unless you follow both like you and that um, state representative, the person's not going to see it in their mm-hmm. feed. So that's why it's really important to have that that period in front of the something sign. so small. Who knew? Had so much power. <laughs> the period. That's right. So Snapchat is another really great visual medium. And um, it's really cool, like, if you are having a, a live event and you encourage, like, mostly younger people use Snapchat, but if they, if you're able to get younger people to snap at, like, an event that you're having, their community is going to see it. And um, 
it's like a really great way to spread your message. Okay, cool. And I do want to mention, like, people ask me a lot about, like, paid advertisement, especially, like, on Facebook or Twitter. And they'll ask, like, what, how is that, um, is that a good use of money? And um, I, in my experience, I think it is a very good use of money because you can target people um, through advertising that don't, they might not know that you are around but you can target them based on their interests and their location and they'll, they'll see your message. Amy, have you had, um, Oh yeah. Have, have I, you done that? Oh my gosh. Like I, you, yes. <laughs> That's what I mean. I'm just like, I love paid ads and promotion. Like other than like Russia infiltrating my, my feed, <laughs> right? <laughs> which they're not. Thank God. They, they, I don't have RT anywhere in there, but, um, no, I, for, for league events. Yes, absolutely. I, you can put, you know, as low as like $5 down, which that's not going to get you much, but you know, if you wanted to experiment, uh, I think the last one I did was, it was only like a hundred dollars for like two weeks to promote a big candidate forum. And so you would, as a local league or your local organization, you would want to, to sit down with your board and find out like what your marketing budget is ahead of time so that you can work with this and knowing all the events up ahead. Um, but it's so worth it. And you can follow this analytics. So that's like the backroom stuff to find out like, you know, what did that paid promotion do? How many did it reach? You know, how many people liked it, loved it, you know, talked, shared all that good stuff. And oftentimes you'll notice once you pay, like, it goes, I love watching the little graphs. It goes through the roof um, yeah. as opposed to the organic stuff is like, yeah, I mean, yay, I got 30 reach. But when I pay, it's like I got over a thousand reach. It's it's huge. It's huge. Right. And Facebook um, in particular, they are starting to, um, you know, like the Facebook algorithm and is um it's a mystery so if you're interested in figuring out like how amy said the organic reach versus the paid reach i recommend like searching um just like the um the search term facebook algorithm and it's fascinating and it's kind of the secret sauce that facebook doesn't really want you know they don't really talk about so a lot of people have a lot of opinions on how they think it works so it's um but it's really um i think it's a really good tool if your budget allows for it yeah, and from what I understand, the secret sauce is that Facebook wants you to start paying for ads. So if you want your organization stuff to be out there uh, and you haven't joined every online group there is to go and share your league's Facebook stuff, right. um, you're going to have to pay because otherwise they're not going to see it. It's, it's right. pretty much how the algorithm is being written now because Facebook needs or wants to make money. Right. So, so, um, yeah, so check that out. And then, um, also, you know, a really big important, uh, thing for social media is images. And so, um, you know, it can be hard for, you know, like I'm not a graphic designer. What do I do? So there's a lot of options for you if you are just like trying to figure out how to, you know, how do I make an image up for um, my event, my um, candidate form that's coming up. So um, there's a lot of tools. Some of them um, um, are really great. And one of the things that I've used is called Canva. And it's, um, it's like Canvas without the S, but it's like 
online Photoshop and it's awesome. Um, another one is pickmonkey.com. Um, but there's like, I've used ribbit.com before. There's just a lot of great tools for you. And you can, a lot of times these tools are free to start with, and then you can upgrade if you need additional service. But, uh, um, a lot of this starts out free. Yeah, and I, I, I noticed, I can't remember which was Canva or PicMonkey, but I, I used it for one of the action kits, and I was, it's for the redistricting one, and I'd never, I've never in my life created a graphic before, uh, and so this was my very first experience doing it, and I noticed that for the most part when you're, it's really easy to add everything for, you know, I mean, it's, it's, you know, it's basically just plug and play sort of thing, and then once you have your finished graphic and you like how it looks, you'll pay for the graphic. So I think I made a pay, I don't know, $5 or $10 for that. And I get to use it forever. Right. Um, and so it's, it's not so bad, especially when you know that it's yours, you can totally feel confident that you'll won't get sued by taking anybody, you know, ripping off right. the, somebody's internet project. So yeah. it's, it's, and it's fun to just play with and it's like making art. So I, I, if, if anything, just experiment with it. That's what I, I'm still trying to teach myself it. Um, but it, it is kind of fun. Yeah. And, and a lot of the graphics we use for alicepaulpodcast.com come from Canva. So we're, we are using it too. And another, um, there's a lot of leagues that also use these tools, but I would, um, if you're trying to be inspired, I would check out League of Women Voters of Texas. Yeah. They do a really great job with, yep. the, with the graphics. Oh, they're, they are rocking it over there. Yeah. I'm like, I go there and I'm like, oh yeah, I could do that. Oh yeah, I should do that too. I'm like, dang, I love that. Can't they just add Virginia in there or just make it generic so that we all could use it? I know, but it's, it's like really inspirational. You'll get a lot of great ideas. Oh check yeah. Them out. People also will ask me about blogs and if it's worth doing a blog and why is a blog worth it? Um, I'd say if you have, so, you know, I'd say social media is, would be the first priority. So I don't want you to feel like you have to do a blog, but if you feel like you, you got that down, you got Facebook and Twitter and, and, um, Instagram down, um, maybe consider doing a blog. What's really great about a blog is that it's long form. So let's say you have an issue in your community that is pretty complex and, you know, it's hard to say in the soundbite, you could use a blog to really go in depth and then you can, um, or, and you can also have like guest writers come in and, and write a post on your blog. And that's a way to get, um, a bigger reach for like what you, what your league is doing. If you, um, can get other voices on that blog. This, you just said like totally so. inspired me. I was literally at a league meeting last night and we had a controversial issue on our ballot and the league had a great Oxford style debate. And only one, we had the local newspaper, uh, person had shown up and he, you know, he did a, a writing of it. But he was the only person that actually wrote on it. So nobody else had um, had any, you know, their side of it and not the league either. Right. And so we were kind of throwing around ideas. How, how do we get our side? You know, if we weren't able to videotape mm-hmm. it and there were only 40 people in the room, how do we share our story about this great event to the to the wider community? And so, you know, we could write an op ed. We can write a press release. You know, we could write an you know, I don't know, send an attachment into a, a newsletter or put it in our constant contact newsletter. But mm-hmm. really what we could do is start a blog 
and have, you know, as we gain new information about this controversial issue, we could keep updating our blog and then send that link out Facebook, on the website, in our email. Um, You know, we could still write a press release and then just share the link of our blog and say for more information Mm -hmm. to catch up on the history of this issue, check out the blog. Right. Thanks for that idea. And (laughs) yeah, (laughs) you're welcome. And um, like with the blog, you can, you could tag all those with that issue name. And then, then that could be like the link that you send out. And then someone could see all the posts that, that, you know, you know, how it's changed over time. Yeah. They can get all that information. Really another reason why you might want to have a blog is that um, it helps your Google search results go higher. So the more like your contents on lots of websites, the higher you will come up in the Google search results. So Google likes blogs. I've heard that. So I've heard that. Yeah. I um, That's crazy. The internet yeah. likes writers, in other words. <laughs> it does. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. So it's a good way to put it. <laughs> you know, we have all the social media, we have the blog, but you know, your website is your home base. So you just want to keep that in mind. A website that, um, let's say, uh, you have just a few pages of a website and then you have more content that comes out um, daily on your social media, that would work perfectly. Mm -hmm. Like you don't need to have a really complex website if you're not able to keep up all of that information. I know in my league, um, stuff gets outdated a lot. So we're looking to cut back and I'd say that is the trend. So less is more on a website and use social media to, you know, have those um, daily updates and then it won't feel so overwhelming. And if you, um, you know, having a, like a mass email marketing tool is really important to communicate to your supporters. So, um, uh, you know, you want to consider doing that, not just like Melissa sending out the PDF of the email to the, <laughs> the members that can really be um, a drag. So I think it's worth investing in some of these tools. And some of the tools are free until you hit a, f- a certain um, threshold. So like uh, I know for like MailChimp, that is free until you hit a certain number of subscribers. And it's a pretty high amount. Like um, I-, I can't remember exactly, but um, you could you can email less than 100 people without paying, I'm pretty sure, for MailChimp. Yeah. Um, but Constant Contact has a similar service. Um, there's all kinds of uh, email subscription services. But um, what's really cool about this is, like, if you have um, this email service and you put a link on your website, people who are coming to your website could sign up to get news updates from you. I would encourage you not to just think of your your newsletter as only going to members because then you'll you'll never grow your uh, member list. So people who are interested, it's a good way for them to sample your content. Yeah, and the thing is, is that people don't join organizations like right out. Like they just, especially when that organization has some sort of fee attached to it, they want to try it on. So you have to court them a bit and. That means that they're going to want to see what kind of events you have going on. And they're going to kind of want to read your content and see, are you, you know, does it look appealing? Can they see themselves going to this and reading this and maybe even identifying with it? And that's going to take some time, which means they're going to, it's better to let them have your newsletter now. Otherwise you might lose them before you even had a chance. Right. And, you know, putting um, photos in is really important. All those things that you've been doing on social media, use that content for your, uh, for your newsletter. Absolutely. It should, it should look good. And don't, and like we said in the past uh, episode, you don't be afraid to send more than one 
email newsletter or something out. Like I keep hearing people say how they, you know, they don't want to bother their members and send out more than one thing a week. And it's, I'm telling you, I swear I must get Planned Parenthood stuff every other day and a bunch of other organizations. So don't be afraid to send out your newsletter and then send out like an action issue and then also an event that's coming up and reminder to that event a couple of days later. Right. So I think what kind of the threshold that you need to evaluate if this is too much is if you look at your unsubscribes. Mm -hmm. So people will complain about email because email is just a drag. We all have too much email. So that's just like something that people just complain about, but it's more about the action that they take against the email is what you want to watch out for. So if they're, if people are unsubscribing at like an alarming rate, then you got a problem. But for the most part, people don't unsubscribe. I just learned how to unsubscribe. (laughs) Oh yeah. So most of us don't even know how to do it. So you're good. (laughs) Right. So, um, so take, look at that, um, that piece of data, not just like what you think people will feel. Yeah, I sense? mean, people do complain about email, but they're not complaining about your email. <laughs> so, right, I mean, right. that really. So don't worry. Yeah, about I mean, it, that's yeah. really what it comes down to, in my opinion. I mean, I get all this random stuff, but I never complain about getting a league email. I only complain, right. complain about getting all this other garbage stuff that, for some reason, ever makes it to my spam. So don't worry about right. it. Like, pe- people are going to be more upset that you had something going on and you didn't invite them or tell them about it. They're going to be more pissed about all this great stuff, all these opportunities, or how you couldn't put on some voter registration drive because there wasn't enough volunteers. That's what they're going to be upset about. Right. Not that you had, right. you know, three emails in their inbox in one week. Right. Absolutely. I can't agree more. (laughs) Um, And then, you know, another great tactic for you is to get to know your people. So um, we recommend using like a survey tool to do that. And there's lots of survey tools out there. Um, There's, um, you've probably heard of like SurveyMonkey or SurveyGizmo, but you can even do like Google Docs has a a survey uh, thing built in and even Facebook has like a Facebook poll. But it's really a great way for people to, for you to get to know your people better, if, especially if you have not, if you don't, um, you can't always meet people face to face and have the meeting, even though we think, we, we know that is the best way to get people engaged. But, um, but this is another way for you to learn more about your volunteer. Mm-hmm. And, they, and a lot of times people, um, they feel honored to be yeah. asked. You know, it makes them feel good to let, like, you want to know what, how I feel about this. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Absolutely. That makes me, that's special. Yeah. And then, um, you know, we talk a lot about, um, the league about like sharing our impact. So, you know, sharing those, um, the stories about, um, the, how we've made our mission work in the community, you know, with images and stories. So you also want to think about um, looking at data and analytics because um, you'll be able to tell a better story to like your funders and your members about the impact and the difference you're making. And then it's another like um, it's another storytelling piece. So you can you can share and shout. Um, like my, our league has done this for our community and you can like get more funding and get more donations and get more members when you, um, start looking at analytics. Yep, absolutely. And sometimes you're, I, mean, I think it's actually really exciting to look at the analytics part. It's still, it can be a little confusing trying to compare the reach and the interactions and whatnot, but 
just if you if you just watch it for a while and get comfortable with it you're gonna you'll see you, i mean it's what's really cool too is you can see like what days your community isn't as active on facebook or the others you can see you know when is the best time to post um, and not all communities are the same um, and so it's it's good to to even know those things but you could only know those things if you go and look at the analytics and so um, and also right. when you're paying for those ads you really want to see the analytics because what if if you're noticing that this ad compared to last ad is doing something different you want to understand is it the the video that you sent or is it the picture you sent or maybe it's the way you worded it um all of those things could maybe be, be playing into why something isn't or is getting the reach that you think we also want to talk about um, ways that you can get group work done um, so one of the great tools that um, Amy's already mentioned is uh, Facebook groups, and then there's also Google groups. So you could consider starting something on Facebook or Google for your, like your local league or maybe a committee that you're working on, and it's a really great way for you to share information um, and let people know updates as you're working on like a, a research project. I know like when we do like... Um, studies for national league a lot of times they'll make a like a group for that and then they'll share research you know with each other and um it's like another so you don't always have to use email because email as we said can get overwhelming and i like the i also like both the facebook and the google groups for one as the as the social media administrator sometimes there might be an article that i i i really like but i might i might I'm wondering if all people will like it as much as I, or if it's maybe it's crossing the line just a little bit. And so I can throw it out into a Facebook group. Like for my, my state league has a bunch of Facebook groups. And so sometimes I might throw an article out and say, Hey, what do you think that this is okay? Or is this not within, you know, like maybe it crosses the line for the nonpartisan stuff. And so then I'll get several people that'll come back and say, no, it's, it's cool. Or, oh, yeah, maybe there's something better that you could pull out. And so mm. I think it's a good way to uh, get some support, um, get another set of eyes. And then some of those activist groups that I've been watching, this is how they strategize. Uh, and I, this, I think it's really helpful because we can't always be at committee meetings every single week, but we can be, you know, 10 o'clock in our jammies talking to people on a group. And so I think that having these mm. Facebook groups and Google groups keeps those connections and keeps us all working and planning on a, on the mission without actually having to leave our house. So I, I really like online Facebook groups. Well, and we talked about that, like Facebook's for older people, mm -hmm. but I'd say Facebook groups still has more like younger. Yeah. I mean, it has more age diversity. Yep. I, I, I totally agree. Yeah. And I, I personally do not like Google groups. Um, I find that they are, I don't know. I just don't think they're as aesthetically pleasing and I'm never on Google, like Google, except to check my email. I don't know why, but it just seems like it's so much of a hassle to go to a Google group than it does to go to a Facebook group, which it's all just a couple of clicks of the buttons, but I don't know why. So I, yeah, yeah, I like Facebook groups. And we haven't really gone into like what a Google, or I mean, um, we haven't gone into what a Facebook group is. So if you want, if that's um, a phrase you want to like investigate more, we'll put a link on our website about like, what's the difference between a Google What's the difference between a Facebook group versus like Facebook profile? Oh yeah. So we won't go into it now, but if you need more information, we'll put that on. Or our you website. could just go to Facebook Help, and they'll explain it for you. Yeah. Yeah. 
So, um, if you want to do video, that would be a really great tool for you to use. Um, I've used Facebook Live. It's so easy. You just like set up your cell phone, hit um, record, and then your video is archived on your Facebook page. And then a lot of people see that post because Facebook really likes when videos are created on their platform. So it's like a like it will automatically get pushed out to a lot of, of your supporters. And then there's also YouTube, um, which is a really great tool, and, um, and Twitter as well has a, has a video um, component. So if you can do videos, we encourage it. Um, and then there's a lot of tools that if you have like a Mac that you can get, um, you can already use built in. Um, the PC also has a lot of great tools. So it's, it's getting easier to create videos. Yeah, yeah. My, my husband actually uses iMovie movie all the time. And uh, so usually if you are on my Facebook profile, you've seen some corny movies. <laughs> it's funny. They're super, your kids are yeah. cute. <laughs> it's funny. Yeah. That's all I can say. <laughs> right. And, um, and then if you want to keep up with like the news about your local league, um, if you haven't signed up yet for Google alerts, I mean, they're amazing. So Google, it will, it will send you an email. It'll say like when your league was mentioned in the news and it's just like, it's free. It's just a really good way to keep you up to date. You can also set up alerts for any like bills or advocacy issues that you're following and we'll, and we'll just come right to you in your inbox. I, and I think that having the Google alerts for your league is, it's also a way to, to check yourself uh, because sometimes people want to use the league in a, in a way that they're not supposed to, you know, we have to protect that nonpartisan uh, brand. And so it's always good to have it just in case if someone, you know, writes something on the web or in, in the newspaper that you might've missed, this Google alert will bring it to your attention. And then, and so then you can go investigate. So I've heard of this mm. happening before when, you know, someone went rogue and then, um, <laughs> the go- they went rogue on, rogue on a yeah, blog. Yeah. Who knows? So yeah. it's, it's good. It's good to have. It's good to have. Yeah. It's a good, uh, a safety yep. net. Mm-hmm. And then um, we want to mention starting movements with petitions. And so, you know, it's so important to make democracy work from the ground up. And there's so many petition websites out there. Amy, have you used a lot of these? I think so. I think, I mean, I haven't started one, but I've definitely signed enough of them. Yes. Yeah. So there's iPetition, um, change.org is a big one, Go Petition. And if you want to activate people in your community... Petitions are really great. And and those um, particular websites, are I don't believe you have to pay for them. There are, um, um, like, um, advocacy software that you could buy, but that, that's not what these are. These are just, like, people on the ground um, trying to organize to make a difference. Yeah. Cell phones are really personal um, for people. So if the, like, if people have an app on their phone for your like website or for your service, like there's, that's, they're saying a lot about how connected they are to you. So, um, apps though, like to create an app would take a lot of effort. So it's probably not likely for a lot of people to create them, but you can use apps that are already created for you to do your, um, activate activism. Yeah. So one of the ones that we know about that we've both used is Voices. And I know that New York City, New York, and Wisconsin, those three leagues, they are already on Voices. I don't know how to get on Voices. You'll have to just check it out and kind of explore that app and the website. 
Uh, so again, it's called Voices. But it, it brings your, all of your elected officials' information to you, and it gives you advocacy that's going on in your area. I mean, it's, it's really awesome. And it has, it'll have your League of Women voters on there. So it'll, like, whatever your league is working on, it's, it's going to be on there. It's, it's, I mean, it's just like Melissa said. It's, this is very personal. It's on your phone. You have the app, and it's like one touch, you know, that means I love you sort of thing. <laughs> Right, exactly. Yep. So you want to make it work. Yeah, <laughs> totally. So there's a, there's a couple of others that we've noticed. There's um, And I, I even had this little, I saw it in the newspaper actually a while ago, and I had it on my refrigerator for the longest time because I was going to be like, League of Women Voters of the United States, can we look into this? <laughs> That's how corny I am. Anyways, it's called Phone to Action. Um, you can check it out, phonetoaction.com. There's another one called One Click Politics. Uh, another one is called You Join, and another one is called Campaign Now. I don't know anything about any of these. Um, but it's always worth looking into to see if your organization could get on to any of them and help your act, your advocacy work. Um, cause there is so much advocacy work to do nowadays and, you know, everybody wants to make an impact and, and we really need to make some change. So if apps is the, one of the ways that we can do it, then let's, let's get it done. We're going to put links to, um, resources from, um, LWV from um, League of California and even like nonprofit marketing tips. So check out our website at alicepaulpodcast.com. This is Melissa Currens and this is Amy Yersen. We ask, what would Alice Paul do? But it's more important what you're going to do. The techie in you can elevate your impact work. Explore some online tools. Let the creative side of you shine and help defend democracy. You got this. Until next time. Thank you.